We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, everyone. I am Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. Perpetual Chess is a weekly interview show where top chess players, authors, content creators, and accomplished amateurs discuss their careers and share stories and chess improvement tips. Perpetual Chess is a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network, and we'd like to give special thanks to our presenting chess education sponsor, Chessable.com. For more information about the show, you can go to perpetualchesspod.com. But without further ado, let's get to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Chennai Chess Olympiad bonus edition of Perpetual Chess. I have to be honest, listeners, I wasn't even planning to do an Olympiad bonus pod, but I should have. Uh, For listeners who don't know, the Olympiad, of course, is basically the Olympics of chess. Uh, Every country that can sends a team. You get four players per team, and they line up, and it creates a lot of... uh, team spirit and rooting for your country and camaraderie amongst the participants. The Olympiad has such a rich historical legacy. It's always been one of my favorites tournaments, and this year um, I've been watching it a lot, and it's been so entertaining. But most of all, uh, when I watch the interviews and stuff, everyone just looks so happy to be there. So I wanted to hear more about this tournament firsthand. So it wasn't easy to do so, but I managed to line up a couple of guests joining us from Chennai. First up is Grandmaster Axel Bachman. He is the top player in Paraguay and a six-time chess Olympiad. So he shares some great perspective on how this Olympiad compares to others, what the conditions are like, what surprised him about it. And of course, he talks about how the Paraguay teams are doing in his own games in this Olympiad against Fabiano Caruana and Bador Japova, just to name a couple. And then I'm also joined by the famous Mr. Dodgy, secretly known as Michael Duke. Those of you on Twitter likely know Mr. Dodgy. He's got like 23,000 followers. Um, Very amusing. Um, Finger on the pulse of chess. He also works for Chessable, so he's there in a professional capacity, but able to take it all in and tell some fun stories. He's also coaching the team from Jersey, which features Lula Robs of Twitch slash Twitter fame, among other participants, uh, team members. Um, So Dodgy, of course, 
uh, is a chess fan, so it, it's fun to hear his perspective on the tournament as well. As for what's going on in the tournament, um, the tournament standings change so quickly, so I'm not going to spend too much time telling you all who's leading because I'm recording this late Thursday night. By the time you hear this, uh, round seven will likely be in full swing and it could change. So we'll have plenty of time to reflect on the results when the whirlwind of this event is over. And of course, some of you may even listen days or weeks later. But I do want to remark on the obviously great organization of the tournament that the players speak of. Um, I've been watching a lot of clips and short interviews of the players on Chessbase India and Chess.com India and highly recommend that curious listeners check out those channels. Often the videos are pretty short. Also want to give a shout out to Levy Rosman, Gotham Chess's recaps. There's so many games and so much action each day. So it's nice that he shows you about 10 games in 30 minutes. And there's just so much interesting chess going on. So if you're a Chessable Pro member, be sure to take out check out Brian Tillis's uh, recaps of all the tactics that go on. Uh, there's just, just so much. So, I mean, for posterity, I will briefly note that as this is recorded, Armenia is narrowly leading the U.S. They play um, today when you guys hear this or, you know, will have already played. India leads the women's tournament. But the biggest tournament, after, the biggest news after six rounds is the breakout performance of GM Gukesh, 16 years of age and six out of six on board one in his first six rounds. He's beaten two IMs and four GMs. Just amazing. Um, and as Axel Bachman and I talked about, another young phenom, Abdusatarov of Uzbekistan has been crushing it, although he did finally lose a game to GM Hari Krishna after my interview with Axel was recorded. But the bottom line is a story that's come up often here on Perpetual Chess. Younger players are getting better faster than ever, and that is a trend which shows no signs of slowing down. Um, but we'll have time to talk about the results when it's over, and I'm sure I will feature some interviews with Olympiad participants in the coming weeks and months. Um, I will say I'm not going to be covering the Olympiad like right away when it's over. We've got some of those interviews already recorded. Um, but in the meantime, I hope you guys enjoy hearing the perspective of what it's like to be there. When I watch and see the chess, that's sort of, that's the element that I want to hear. So I hope that that you do too. So we'll get you to it in a minute. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Chessable and Aim Chess. Be, again, be sure to check out Brian Tillis's course on Chessable, Levana Ronian, while when not competing in the Olympiad, just dropped a chessable course, so be sure to check that out. And Aim Chess, of course, is a great way to work on your online game, get insights and drills based on the data that its algorithm collects. Use the code Perpetual Thirty if you decide to sub. So, without further ado, let you get get you to the interviews. First up, we have Grandmaster Axel Bachman uh, giving you the player's perspective, followed by the inimitable Mister Dodgy. So. Quick break, and then we'll get you to the interviews. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we will be back on Tuesday with a non-bonus perpetual chest. Take care and enjoy. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we are here, and I am joined by Grandmaster Axel Bachman. Axel, of course, has been a top 100 player in the world with a peak rating of 2662. He is Paraguay's highest rated player. He's won many tournaments. Uh, this is his sixth chess Olympiad. Uh, he is also a chess trainer, uh, teaching people who are good at chess as well as myself. He is a uh, font of chess information, and he's got some amazing chess stories from his years on the professional circuit, but this is an Olympiad focused episode. So we're going to talk Olympiad today, and then someday I hope to get Axel back to hear even more stories, but let's welcome Axel Bachman. He is joining us from Chennai. It's Wednesday for him, Tuesday night for me. Uh, good morning, Axel. Morning, Ben. I'm very, very happy to be with you again here. Uh, and yeah, we're we are here in India. Uh, things have been very, very 
Um, very, very great, I have to say. You know, they are making a great, great effort to make everyone happy. And yeah, we will see how the, the final part of the Olympic goes. Okay, because Axel, you know, I've heard a lot of concern coming into the Olympiad about like organizational issues, people having trouble getting visas. Um, you know, uh, Chennai, like the, the seaside pictures I've seen uh, look beautiful, but you also hear some concerns about the economic conditions in India. Um, but Axel, everything I've seen from people online has been effusive. People seem to be having a great time. Is this just all like a big conspiracy or, or are things really going well? <laughs> no, I have to say, you know, people here, it's, it's my first time in India, you know, so obviously I didn't know exactly what to expect. You know, I've been suffering Indians over the board. So, you know, <laughs> right. obviously that's a little bit different, but people here have been like, very, very, very kind. You know, it's probably the most amazing return I received from people all over the place. It's not that, you know, only at the hotel, which is kind of expected. It's like when you walk on the street and you kind of ask someone about something, they're always trying their best to, to make you feel that you're, you know, more than welcome. So I have to say that, you know, I have to be honest as well, you know, my, my expectations were not very, very high in terms of, obviously, I understood they did not have a lot of time to organize, but they have been putting a lot, a lot of effort, yeah. That's that's good to hear. And where is where you're staying, Axel, in relation to the playing venue? I mean, that's, that's probably my only uh, issue or the only issue that our team has. Uh, we are very, very far from the playing venue. I understand they try to do their best, but we're kind of one hour away from the from the venue, which you know makes it a little bit tough, you know, because obviously when when you go for the first round and you're all happy, you don't feel that way, you know. But after losing a long, you know, five hour match and you have to go back and the the traffic is quite heavy as well, and and you know that you're not uh, going to get there until you know <laughs> an hour passes, so. That's that's the only concern. I know a lot of people have been pretty lucky about it, but our situation is a little bit different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they've got people staying all over the place. And for you guys getting to and from the venue, are you taking cabs or shuttle buses or what's happening? No, in that they, they actually offer bus transportation. They have been very, very uh, good at that because they, they offer different times and, you know, from the hotel and you know leaving uh, after the round, the the service has been uh, pretty pretty good, but you know it's still it's it's a quite long ride. But yeah, I mean I I, yeah. I believe we are actually um, in the worst scenario in that sense. You know I know people that have to go like 30, 40 minutes, but no no one like as long as one well, hour. Okay, at least tell me, Axel, you guys aren't the only team there. No, no, we're not. I mean, we, we share okay. that moment, you know, that magical moment. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And I heard an interview with Jan Gustafsson with the with Peter Svidler and Peter Leco. He was joining them. And he mentioned, I'd, I think he's staying somewhere closer, um, but he mentioned that he's discouraged from leaving basically a sequestered area um, within India. Like, they... they if they say if you leave the premises, like they they send basically handlers with them, um, is it now? It sounds like you're staying further away. So is there that dynamic in place for you too, Axel? Yeah, I mean they always ask us because we we actually like to to walk around and get to know a little bit more than the hotel and the playing venue, right? So uh, we have some sort of interaction with the Indian culture, and and that's right. I mean they normally ask. Uh, whether you're leaving for, you know, 10 minutes for a walk or whatever. And there are a lot of police guys around the hotels, you know. Uh, but to be honest with you, I, I don't feel there's any sort of concern regarding security here. I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I have been here for, for a week or so, and the, the I don't spend a lot of time at the street. But, you know, it, it really feels that, you know, no one is very, very unsafe here. Yeah, I mean, my I've never been to India either, but my my guess would be maybe there could be like petty crime, you know, yeah, like pickpocket sort of that's stuff. That's right. But... I mean, people here seem to be very very peaceful. You know, 
Uh, yeah. No guns, no no knives. I guess there there might be, but you know it doesn't feel. I have been to a lot of places, and I have to say that this is uh, very very calm. You know, and you know although you're right. I mean the economic. I I, I mean you see a lot of poverty. I'm not going mm -hmm. to say, but I also come from a country that you know suffers that problem. So it's not a you know a big concern in terms of oh this is coming. You know probably what what recalled my intention the most is the the cow walking you know so on the street right. you know that is kind of unusual for me but you know other than that it's i mean it seems do they walk on the sidewalk or in the like street they, part? they are they are the bosses you know they they can walk <laughs> they can <laughs> walk sense. whatever they want <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that makes sense and axel as i mentioned at the top this is your sixth olympiad you took a couple off so I'm curious how it feels to be back and how this compares with your prior experiences in many different places, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I have been playing pretty much no tournaments at all. And I, although I love chess, I'm, I actually work with chess and I see chess every day. Um, this Olympiad is a little bit different because although our team is pretty competitive and, and we really want to do our best, it's not the same as before, you know. I'm not saying that I w was trying to become a world champion or so, but, you know, I had, like, different expectations before. I, it's more about, you know, helping the team and enjoying the moment. And obviously, uh, I was very, very happy uh, to be part of the team and not only for the, for the chess, you know, objective, but also because this is the kind of tournament where you can see a lot of friends from years and years and it's it's kind of a unique opportunity to 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 share that moment you know so it's it's pretty great i mean i'm only 32 but i had a lot of opportunities to represent my country and in terms of you know that kind of tournament is my favorite as well you know you you can play a lot of very very good tournaments like open strong tournaments but nothing like this you know where you can represent yeah. and you kind of you kind of team up with your you know, with your colleagues in, in Paraguay, that's part of the reason we kind of uh, always do well in this kind of Olympics is because the team environment we have is, is great. So that makes it a lot easier. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, and that's sort of the sense I get as a fan. I mean, it just, the atmosphere feels so lively. It feels so collegial, like everyone knows everyone. Um, so that's kind of why I wanted to talk to a few people just to get that sort of perspective. But I suppose, Axel, we should talk about the chess a little bit now. Um, <laughs> <All right. laughs> now you mentioned, um, that, you know, your team's ambition, you didn't come in thinking we're going to win this, but in the second round, obviously you guys got to play the United States and, um, you played Fabiano Caruana and had black and actually had the winning side of a draw. You drew the game, yeah. but you, you had a bit of a chance. So what was that experience like and how different is it than a typical match when you're playing one of the um, one of the higher seeded teams? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I have to be honest with you. Uh, we all can see that that Fabi is not doing that great. You know, I, I could feel during that game, you know, I, I expected to suffer a lot more. I am uh -huh. completely honest. You know, you, I, you can feel when when a player is not you know, doing or performing their best. But still, you know, obviously when, when you face a team as, as the U.S., you kind of, you know, go to the match trying to do your best, not thinking about a result. But, you know, it, it sounds, you know, kind of unrealistic, but we kind of expected to put up a five, you know, because we kind of assumed that they were coming, you know, kind of relaxed knowing that it was a pretty weak team compared to theirs and you know they they suffered quite a bit at some moment you know all the boards were you know kind of complicated and we had sam facing huge trouble in in board number four so it was it was you know a, a pretty intense moment and you could feel that they were you know quite quite anxious or or worried about this situation so it has been, you know, quite a fun ride. Of course, six rounds remaining. We lost yesterday a match that was looking very, very good. At some point, you know, we had all four boards fighting very, very well. And, you know, it's part of it, you know. But what, what makes me feel very, very happy and proud is that, you know, 
I'm, I'm pretty sure no one wants to face us in terms of having a, an easy match, despite the rating difference. You know, they, they are kind of expecting a fight no matter what. Yeah, that's that's good to hear. And obviously, the, the match you guys just lost that you alluded to was against Georgia. So you played Grandmaster Bador Jabava. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, he's not at his peak in terms of rating either, but very creative yeah. and uh, dangerous player. What was I know the result didn't go the way you wanted, Axel, but what was that that experience like? No, it's it's fantastic. You know, playing Jovava with 2585 is is obviously kind of <laughs> unfortunate because, you know, when he's at his peak, he can be easily at 2700. Right. And and especially in the Olympiads, I remember an Olympiad in 2016 where he won a gold medal at board number one. You know, so I, he, oh yeah, he, I remember he that. He performs yeah. very very well in these team events. I mean, Georgia in general. So uh, it was we we knew it was a very very tough match. Uh, they are not as as high rated as as it seems. But, you know, we, we really had, you know, you look at the result and you might say, no, this guy's crazy, right? We lost three and a half uh, against a half, but we really had some really good chances. I mean, my game against Jovava was very, very tense. You know, we were close to the time trouble and I decided to take a very, very risky decision of, you know, just opening up. And, you know, it could go either way. But, you know, regarding the team situation, we needed to risk a little bit more because we lost the game on board number three that wasn't expected to, 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 to happen. And, you know, that's the, that's the magic of, of team events because a lot of decisions that you might not uh, come up with in a regular event happen in, in this kind of events. And, and that's, I, I really like it, though. So basically, you're blaming your teammates. Yeah, obviously, I, I told the guy. You know, <laughs> no, of course not. I mean, he he took a risky decision. He he had the chance to go for a draw, and a lot of the times it goes either way. You know, he can take a risk and and win, but it, this time it didn't work. I mean, to be honest with you, I would have, you know, I if if I were him, I would probably do the same. So I mean, that's yeah. that's also part of it. You know, that kind of situations can create some sort of problem a lot of the times. But since we have been playing for a, you know, for a few Olympiads and we're, you know, confident with each other, there's nothing to be said about that. You know, it's just words of encouragement and, you know, it didn't go the way we wanted, but, you know, next time we'll be there. Yeah, that that's a great attitude. And anyone here in the U.S. who has played in the amateur team events um, or, you know, anyone in Europe who's played in any sort of league, like obviously we're on a much smaller stage, but you still feel that that's, team dynamic, you know? That's exactly, I mean, this applies for every single team event, you know, because I mean, obviously you're playing your own game that doesn't change, but a lot of decisions, whether you're going to go for a risky decision or not, it kind of depends. And it's very, very important to feel the support of your teammates, you know, because a lot of the times, imagine you take that risky decision, it goes wrong and people get mad at you. I mean, it, it's the, the worst situation possible because next time you will feel less confident about your, your decision making. And obviously that's, that's not good at all. Yeah, that makes sense. And Axel, as we record this, it's after round five. And, you know, for us fans, Looking from the outside, I'd say the two biggest stories to my mind are both more individual than team, although the teams are doing just as well, too. They are Young Phenoms, Gukesh, and Abdusatara, both 5-0. and oh. I'm curious. I know that normally, in addition to obviously being a, a, a you know, top 100 player and great trainer, you're a chess fan. You're always keeping track of what's happening. You're always playing through games, as you wrote about in the intro to chess structure. Um do you still like are you still able to do that at a tournament like this or is there just too much going on you know it, it sounds a little bit crazy but <laughs> the first time the first thing i do or or actually the second now that i'm a dad the first thing is is talking with my with my wife and, and my son but the second thing i do after i get back to the room after that one hour trip is get to my cell phone and look at the games. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> because, great. You know? yeah. Obviously, when you're at the room, you try to keep track of some of them. But, you know, it, you, it's it's kind of a long walk and you want to be around your 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 match as well. So it's it's not that easy. 
obviously when when we played against the US it was fantastic because we were at that part of the of the room but it's hard to, it's hard to return there you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it won't yeah. happen or or I mean if ha if it happens that will be great but you know that's I'm I'm keeping track of course you know the to be honest I'm not saying it's not a surprise but Gukesh has been performing very very well and you know Abdusatarov is is just a monster. I mean, those two guys. I won't be surprised if they are, you know, in the top leagues in in a year or so. You know, if yeah. they are not there, is is not because they are not good enough. It's more about you know the chances to play against this kind of people. Yeah, it's it's so impressive. Yeah, the, I the mean, young generation at this at this point. I mean, it's hard to say because they are very very young, but India too seems to be one of the main candidates you know because i yeah. don't see a weak spot in that team you know it's maybe their rating is not as high but they are all performing and and it seems like they are enjoying the support of their crowd you know a lot of the times it might be an issue to play in your country because you kind of and here in india they are kind of passionate about it you know because you can right. feel the crowd being after them and you know obviously it really depends on your personality because a lot of people kind of overperform when that happens but a lot of people kind of suffer that pressure right because when when it goes wrong it's not the same and and you kind of feel disappointed for not only for yourself but for the people that is kind of after you yeah yeah magnus himself even i think it was after round one or round two was saying india two he considered more dangerous than india one and they're both both doing great yeah but yeah no one wants to play the kids no one <laughs> no one i mean it's pretty clear <laughs> and they are at five and oh i mean obviously everything can happen and i still believe that you know despite the fact that it doesn't seem like the u.s is in their top shape they're still the heavy favorites you know it's, okay I mean, they are they're just too good you know even at, okay. in, in, in a bad day Okay, that's well. Time will tell. It, it will be interesting to see. Um, so, Axel, I don't want to keep you too long, but do you have any other sort of big observations you would share? Like anything that someone watching at home might not appreciate about the the tournament that that you being there do in terms of like the conditions or the atmosphere, especially. I mean, I, I have to say that uh, obviously the culture is different. I mean, whenever you come to a country like this or any country that is slightly different or different than your country, you have to come. You have to come up with uh, an open mind kind of you know thing because people act different, and that doesn't feel is is wrong or bad, but it's it's just different, you know. And the food part is different, you know. In my opinion, obviously, food has been great, but for some people, it might be a little bit different. I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I kind of like cows, but not walking on the street, you know. So it's, a, it's like, a, it's like a different thing. But still, you know, they they are making their best effort to to make you feel that, you know, you you feel welcome and and you know that every every single desire you have will be fulfilled. Obviously, there are always things to to improve. But the fact that they only had a few months to organize all this makes things even more amazing, you know, because obviously if you organize this kind of event and if you ask me if they organized and took two years to, to do this, it would still be a good one. You know, obviously the wow. only thing that I would improve is the distance that we have to go through uh, to the to the you know, to the playing venue because one hour, you know, it doesn't feel that much, but whenever you are, it's, it's a very, very tense moment before the game. And it's hard, you know, because it's one hour going one hour coming back and some people are five minutes away, you know? So it's, yeah. it's not, not the most, um, how to say, um, it's equitable. It's, it, yeah. It's, it's not so fair. You know, if someone can walk yeah. to the playing venue and someone has to go for, for a one hour drive, it's a little bit different, but obviously um, I kind of understand that. And, and, you know, there, and it's good that you always have some space for improvement. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's not perfect, but things have been going very, very great. And I really appreciate the effort of every single Indian, every single, uh, person behind the organization, FIDE has been doing quite great, you know, uh, 
And you know, when when there are things to to complain about, we always do. But when things are are done correctly, we have to say also. Yeah, shout out to Fide and the organizers. Yeah. Well said. And Axel, I'm sorry, I did think of one more question for I wanted sure, to ask you. Sure. Like when I was uh, checking your pairing and saw that you played Georgia. Um, obviously, I've been rooting for you. I was curious. Um, when do you know? When, if ever, do you know like what individual you'll play? Is there like do you have to post a lineup at a certain yeah, point, or I mean, do you just show up and see who you? No, play? no, no. It's uh, you have team captains, right? Every single right. team has one. And normally, what happens is you know about the pairing in the night after the round, around 10 p.m. or so. So you know the country then, right? Uh, 10 a.m. in the morning, rounds here start at 3 p.m., right? Uh-huh. 10 a.m. in the morning, pairings are up with the with the team components. And okay. that being said, the captains have to send between 10 p.m. and 10 a.m. Uh, the lineup. If they don't send it, that uh, is taken as the you know the regular team plays the first four boards. Okay. So you have you know you you probably kind of imagine because a lot of the times once you look at how the team is performing and you see if someone loses, you kind of assume that guy is, is resting, right? Or for instance, in my case, whenever you're playing on on the first board, it's a lot easier because I know Jovava is never resting, right? So, right. And, and you kind of assume, for, for instance, when we played the US, uh, I, I knew Fabi didn't play the first round, so it was kind of you know, natural to see him playing on the second round, you know, and also Levon uh, drew his game, so it's kind of natural for him to drop out of the team and come back later on, you know, so it's, right. you know, you kind of assume, of course, a lot of the times it might be, a li- I mean, it, it might change a little bit, but in general, you already prepare a little bit, and obviously, you do the concrete preparation after you know 10 a.m. for sure. Okay, and then are you working with your team as well with the prep? Yeah, I mean, we normally discuss a little bit the, the team strategy the most. Obviously, everyone knows that you know if if I need some help, I ask someone, or if someone else needs some help, and we also have the ladies with us, with you know, and and the. The, the, the female team of Paraguay have been doing very, very well. You know, they have been doing great, 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 even like, like a lot better than us. So wow, that's uh, awesome. we are very, very happy. And, and it's a very, very young team, you know, so we kind of try to support each other. Of course, during the night, we normally talk about a little bit about the strategy. It's not like you play for a draw or so, but we kind of analyze whether they're performing their best or if there's any like, weak spot in terms of not having a good tournament so we kind of focus more on that uh rather than specific preparation because it's it's hard to i would say that obviously there are always suggestions or recommendations but although we are friends we still kind of compete with each other all the time so it makes a little bit difficult to to take part of his preparation or so you know you know what i mean so yeah. Although I want to help them out and I know they want to help me out, it's it's more about a, a psychological support rather than a tactical support, to put it in gotcha. sort of way. Okay. Well, Axel, already just from talking to you, I feel like there's so many little nuances that that I have better appreciation for, both from the sort of preparation angle and the like what it's actually like to be there angle. So I know uh you're, I know it's early there and you got more important things to do, but thanks a lot for <laughs> hopping on. Really appreciate it. No, thank you, Ben. Thank you for having me. And of course, uh, feel free to to get in touch if you need any sort of, you know, very, very important news from Chennai here. <laughs> Excellent. All right. <laughs> there you have it. Good luck, to, good luck, Axel, and good luck to uh, Team Paraguay men and women. Thank you. Thank you. And we are here with an internet celebrity, folks. He has some 23,000 Twitter followers. So those of you on Chess Twitter know well who Mr. Dodgy is. For those of you who don't, in real life, he's secretly known as Michael Duke. He works for Chessable. He's a strong player, often rated around 2,400 blitz online. Um, He's known for his witty and entertaining and trenchant observations on Twitter, has his finger on the pulse of chess and somehow talked his way into heading to Chennai. So with that in mind, he's also their coaching, we should say, the Jersey women's team. So he can give lots of perspectives about what it's like there. Let's welcome the famous Mr. Dodgy. Thank you very much, Ben. I'm really glad to be here. And that's the best intro I've ever had. 
Wow. Well, you may be a bit biased there, but <laughs> yeah, anyway, sure. I <laughs> I am quite happy to have you. It's uh, overdue, but I'm, I'm excited that you can give so many perspectives because I wasn't really planning on doing a Chennai um, bonus podcast, but then as I'm watching it here far, far away in New Jersey, not Jersey, um, I just remembered it's the most amazing tournament ever. It is so much fun. I feel like every every player when they interview them is grinning ear to ear. You know, the the seaside pictures of Shanai look beautiful. So I wanted to hear from a couple people and who better to hear from than, than someone like you who is, you know, obviously players give a great perspective, but you have a bit more time to sort of soak it all in. So how has it compared to your expectations? Uh, Michael, aka Mr. Do- Mr. Dodgy. Yeah, it's been fantastic. I mean, firstly, it's, it was a little bit disappointing that New Jersey weren't able to send a team this year. I was really hoping to see them. But, <laughs> we know. start with the Twitter inside jokes <laughs> right from the beginning. Yeah. Um, no. Yes. Uh, some of you. <laughs> yes, I'm disappointed. Although I still wouldn't have made the team. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. No. The, the the entire experience for me has been fantastic. I mean, right from like it was a super long journey. Uh, I. I mean, my own journey was longer because I had to pick up a visa after the first flight, which was, you know, pretty exciting. So I got my visa without about four hours to spare. Um, I was flying for, well, I mean, my total journey to get here was just under 24 hours. And then, but I arrived at like 9 a.m. So I didn't want to sleep that day. So I just stayed up until nighttime. And then like, then once I'd done that, I was like synced up. Wasn't, there was no jet lag. Um, but right from when we landed in the airport here, it was just fantastic. There was almost as many passport checks for chess players as there was for everyone else combined. They were just zooming ev- all of the chess players through all the passport checks, all the visa checks, all the security checks to get out of the airport. There was tons of volunteers waiting around. And then the drive from like Chennai Airport to where the venue is, where we stayed at the beginning, um, the entire length of that... It's mostly highway of about 50 kilometers and the entire highway on and off is covered with like chess artwork is like amazing. You've probably wow. seen pictures of it, but like you can't imagine like the, how long that goes on for a whole 50 kilometers of like every you know, few hundred meters or so. There's another piece of chess artwork. It's just incredible. That's incredible. And is it true that there was a separate line for chess players uh, coming through customs? Yeah. Yeah. There was five. Or four or five, I, I don't know exactly. But yeah, they were just like dragging all of the chess players out of the queue. And like, no, 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 you don't have to wait too long. <laughs> so that was, yeah. That's incredible. That was good. Yeah, and I I heard that it's not actually in Chennai, the city. It's like uh, basically outside of the city. Is that right? Yeah, there's a small kind of beach resort, beach town place, uh, about 50 kilometers from Chennai. And that's where the actual uh, playing venue is. Uh, most of the hotels are around in the surrounding area of about a 10 to 15 minute drive. But some of the players are actually staying in Chennai. Uh, so it's a pretty long drive every day. Like they're having to travel for up to an hour uh, to get to the playing venue. Yeah. Which is kind yeah, of... Yeah, listeners will have already heard an interview with uh, Grandmaster Axel Bachman. And he's he's one of the um, the unchosen ones who, yeah, he, he was very... Um, very positive about the organization overall, but yeah, he's he has a long bus ride for each round. Yeah, and I mean, the, after the rounds, the buses are going pretty regularly. Like, people are not having to wait around too long. But it, it's a lot of travel time, and the other unfortunate side is that, like, people... It's much harder to socialize, because those hotels are, like, super far away from anyone else, so they're not seeing too many people. Um, and the local... There's a lot of, kind of, local police... Uh, keeping an eye on everybody and they've been quite reluctant for people to actually leave the hotels. I know Jan Gustafsson has had, he's tried twice I think to escape from the hotel and they're like no, not safe enough for you. That's funny <laughs> yeah because I had caught Jan's interview on Chess 24 where he mentioned at least one of those uh, failed escape attempts so when I asked Axel Bachman about it he was saying like since he's out out farther away, there he and the Paraguay team are uh, able to escape. Um, and what about you? I understand, Dodgy, that you've you've been at a few different hotels already. Yeah, I'm with the Chessable team, so we're kind of we are not so restricted by the FIDE rules of which hotel to stay at. So for the first couple of nights, we stayed actually at the venue before the tournament began, 
And then obviously that was fully booked up for mostly delegates. I think I don't think there's any players at the venue. Um, so we moved to another beach resort just about 10 minutes away from the venue. And that was a nice little spot, but the Wi-Fi was just really, really bad. And, you know, we're an online company. We work remotely, mostly accessible. So it was impossible for us to work. Um, but we managed to move to another one. And this has been pretty fantastic so far. So I have no complaints about this hotel. You're really committed to the bit that you're doing some work while you're there, huh? Yeah, like I have to pretend, but it's getting harder right. every day. Like <laughs> at the at the start at the Chessable booth, we've got a booth in the Expo Center at the Olympiad, and at the beginning, like we were giving out T-shirts and gift bags and all this stuff. But all the T-shirts are gone now. We still have some gift bags left, but it's hard to even pretend I'm spending the day giving out T-shirts when we don't have any left. So. Right. Well, I mean, it's awesome. And by the way, I hope I can out you, Dodgy, as the producer of the Indispensable Chicken Chess Club. Is that allowed or am I going to have to edit this out? Ah, you can leave it in if you want. I don't know if I'll get too much blame for some of our audio <laughs> problems. I mean, some of them are um, probably mine for not yelling at people too much. But also, we've had some bad luck <laughs> with Peter Heine Nielsen's uh, ever-growing collection of microphones because he keeps losing them or leaving them behind in places. So... He's bought so many microphones now at this point that I suggested he bring them all to Chennai and he just sets up a stall at the Olympiad, you know, like selling <laughs> microphones for streamers and maybe he can make some money back. But yeah, that's what yeah, I Yeah, I doing. like it. I, I like it. That's a good idea. So paying for his own flight, you know, paying for his own flight for the FIDE vice presidential candidacy and paying for his own mics. Um, just the, the, the dedication is, uh, is staggering. Um, but bringing it back to to the Olympiad now, what I was getting at with the Chicken Chess Club is obviously you you in your in a work capacity get to talk to a lot of strong players. You know you you know Jan and Peter and Laurent quite well, and obviously Peter Svidler. You've been in his chat for years. Um, so, but I'm sure you, have you had any firsthand encounters with other famous chess players that have um you know they that are quite memorable. Um, I did have a very special one at the Bermuda party. Like, and this was even by, you know, like I've, I've been incredibly fortunate with like the people that I get to talk to and, you know, like, and basically I get to talk to people that I've idolized for quite a long time. They're just genuinely some of the best people. Um, but at the Bermuda party, I did get asked for a selfie by one of the players and it was, <laughs> that's excellent. And it was by Judith Polgar. Wow, so, <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. So yeah, oh, her God. her asking me for a selfie was yeah, that's a highlight for me. <laughs> that that's incredible. Did I did she post it? I don't think I I don't think I caught it online. No, I don't think she's posted yet. Maybe it wasn't a great selfie, but you know, I know it okay, happened. Well, if, no one will believe me. It's fine. <laughs> if it finds the light of day, we're putting it on the the perpetual chess web page yeah, for this sure. episode. Um. So yeah, that that's amazing. Um, and obviously, we know that in addition to being a you know a fan of the personalities, you are a hardcore, serious chess fan. Know know your chess inside and out. Um, and I asked Axel because Axel is actually a serious chess fan as well. In addition to being a grandmaster, like is he able to follow what's going on? And I'm also curious with you: Are you following? Like you know, there's this guy Gukash who's won a few games that a lot of people are talking about. Um, you know, are you following all of these storylines? I yeah, for sure. I've been following things. I have to be honest. Um, I was sitting. I saw when I'm in the chessable booth. I like one of the things I've been doing is keeping an eye on the games. Um, mm -hmm. So one of the one of the players on a rest day uh, came through one day and he says, "Oh, how are all the games going?" And he looked at my phone and he realized that I was only really paying attention to the Jersey women's team. I wasn't really <laughs> <Right>. following like <laughs> Magnus and Ish and the Indian kids. Um, that's been my main focus, but no. Uh, one of the things that we have been doing is we've been doing a lot of filming with Chessable, and the visually one of the most compelling things that we've managed to record is the reaction when any of the Indian players, but especially the juniors, when they finish their games and they just get completely mobbed as they leave the playing hall, and we've been trying to catch that different days and different different players. 
but yeah, like we're keeping an eye on Gukesh's game. When he comes out, there's just a swarm of people. There's just like hundreds of people around him asking for autographs, interviews, selfies, just taking pictures. There's all these TV cameras. So that's been super cool. That's amazing. So do you feel like the chess fandom culture is different in India than in other countries? It's definitely different from where I live. Um, (laughs) (laughs) From Sweden? Okay, we can check that off. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've been asked for so many selfies here and so many... Uh, I signed so many boards. Okay, but you're Mr. Dodgy. Yeah, yeah, but I don't get that in Sweden. <laughs> That's true. Although, do you wear the Dodgy superhero outfit when you go to the grocery store in Sweden? For for listeners, he's got like, he's you know, I have a Mr. Dodgy t-shirt. You know, those are those are known to be like available, but like the Mr. Dodgy belt pouch is amazing. I got to get one. Yeah, yeah, they were they were fun getting everything made, but no, I don't wear that at home. <laughs> so maybe, maybe I should, but I, I do feel like this kind of reaction wouldn't happen anywhere else. Like, I think the candidates was really big in Madrid, but I don't think it was on the scale of this. Like, uh, they're still getting thousands of spectators coming to the venue every day. And the reality is, like, we're kind of in the middle of the tournament now. So, like, it's not a life or death situation. You know, we're kind of in the... There's usually a bit of a lull in the middle of tournaments in terms of excitement because, you know, everyone's excited at the start, everything kicks off, and then at the end, you know, we find out who wins. But this should be the quiet spot, and it's so far it's really been that. There's been tons of visitors every day, and I think it'll be incredibly busy for the last couple of days. And they might have to start sneaking players in through different entrances because it's going to be hard for them to get into the plane home. Yeah, I mean, I've watched a few uh, like Chessbase India. Like they they just post these like one minute videos of like Magnus before the game, you know, stuff like mm. that. And yeah, it's amazing to see sort of how many cameras. Are trained on on the players and they had another cool video of a drone of the playing hall mm-hmm. now, apparently there's i mean you would be able to tell say this better than i but there's like a small playing hall for the um top boards and then a massive one for everyone else is that right yeah that's right so i think the roughly the top 25 or 27 or 8 matches are in the top playing hall number one and then the rest of them are in playing hall number two so this is definitely bigger in playing hall number two, but I noticed that playing hall number two has a lot more entrances. So like getting into the that one is less hassle. Um, the players don't That's have to queue. Hopefully it's not too hard for chess players to sneak in their pocket phones so that if they reach a tough position, they can they can check the engine. Yeah. They, well, to be honest, it was a little bit lax for the first day or maybe two days. I think, I don't think there was any specific incidents, but... The, I think things could have been a bit stricter, and uh, but then they did like tighten things up immensely. Um, okay, good. They're yeah. not letting people in with phones like an hour before the game now. Just, okay. Like just that's... just in case, like they hide a phone, I guess. That's... Yeah. Wow. That's that's clever. Yeah. Um. Like. Uh, uh, um. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> spending minutes thinking of like a mob movie where they hide a gun in the bathroom it might have yes yeah, it's the god that's um, the godfather isn't it this is the godfather yeah. okay yeah yeah <laughs> we're so yeah hide the phone in the bathroom um uh rousis slash godfather so yeah, <laughs> yeah anyway yeah. that wasn't worth the 30 second pause but um <laughs> so dodgy we got to get to the big story uh you know longtime chess fans will know that the the bermuda party in the olympiad is the stuff of legend you know i i've mentioned before that obviously the olympiad it's so rare that you have such a high percentage of say the top 1000 players in the world it's got to be over 90 percent it's also rare that the male and female um ratio is relatively in balance um, and then there's a rest day and they have a party. Um, so, you know, probably the best stories never get told. But what was your experience like at the Bermuda party? Yeah, it was fun. It was a good night. Um, they put on some entertainment with us with some fashion shows and stuff. And then they had a, like a nightclub inside. Um, there was a lot of alcohol consumed, for sure. I mean, I, I mostly stuck to beer. But they like definitely the chess players drunk all of the beer. There was and is it open bar or no? Yeah, yeah, it was an open bar, and they ran out of beer like three hours before the end. It was okay. They still had other alcohol, but 
Yeah. It was... That's that's a recipe for disaster on its own right there. Yeah, yeah. And they were just like, no, no beer. And then they just hand you like a mystery drink. And yeah. Wow. So that was, uh, that was a choice. Um, I didn't see anything too crazy happening. There was definitely some people who were, hmm, they had a lot to drink. And maybe it wasn't people you would think of. <laughs> people kind uh-huh. of high up in Fide and some super strong grandmasters were a little bit worse for wear. Um, <laughs> but uh, overall, it was a good night. I went with the Chessable guys. I think four of us ended up going in the end. And we all had a good time. Okay. Glad to hear it. A nice, um, you know, um, family-friendly rendition of, uh, <laughs> of the, the Bermuda party. Um, and last thing, you you know, you did allude to being the coach of the Jersey team. Uh, shout out to Tallulah Roberts. She was actually going to be a third segment on this podcast, but uh, she's got to play and they've had some issues with, with, I mean, nothing too serious, but had some scheduling issues. So I'm going to interview her later. But what is the experience like? And, and for listeners who don't know, that's Lula Robs on Twitch and Twitter. She's built a huge online following and um, amazing that she's already in the Olympiad. She's been playing chess for less than two years. So shout out to Lula. Um, but what's the coaching experience like, Mr. Dodgy? Um, the coaching experience for me has been fantastic. I don't know if the girls would say the same thing, but they seem pretty happy so far. So we, we worked together for about six weeks before the Olympiad. Um, and from kind of Chessable's point of view, we thought this is the first time Jersey have ever been able to send a women's team because it's, it's quite a small place. They don't have a lot of people. Um, so they, they managed to put together a women's team for the first time. And from our point of view, we just thought this is a really nice story. You know, like them getting to send their their team for the first time and we wanted to help them as much as possible we want you know get, help them to put in a good performance so i did about six weeks of coaching with them we did like about roughly three hours a week and then i played training games with them on top of that and we gave them a bunch of chessable courses so they were going through like the art of the attack uh 109 games you must know and some opening courses which i won't reveal yet in case their opponents right. can prepare <laughs> but uh yeah no they did a lot so they're big fans of simon williams put it that way so aren't we all yeah, yeah. um so getting here has been uh, coaching them in chennai was a bit more of a challenge because it's about a one hour drive from me to them and then we have to go an hour back to the venue uh so the first couple of days it was hard for me to get there um but then since then i think i've only missed one day um I've been driving. I've been going up there in a cab every morning. We sit down for a couple of hours. We're not focusing on like specific preparation at the moment, but mostly just trying to work out what kind of positions we're going to get, how we, what the plan should be, how we feel. And since since I've been able to get up there, like I think the results have improved. The the first couple of days were rough for sure. Like the we lost the first two matches, which was expected. Um, that was like I long before the tournament started i said like probably the first two matches are going to just going to be a wash like we've just played much stronger teams uh but then the third match we did play a team that i thought was we had a good chance against and we lost that one as well um but since then we've won and we've drawn one match each yeah so we're and everyone's won a game as well which was nice i mean i wasn't too worried about that to be honest that like i was pretty confident that all of them would win at least one or two games um, but our youngest player, uh, Daisy, she won. There was two of them won, I think, in round four. Uh, Daisy and Rachel, but Daisy managed to finish first. Uh, so she's only fourteen years old, and she'll forever have the record of being the first woman to win an Olympiad game for Jersey. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That that's good to hear. Yeah, and as you say, small country, population of like a hundred thousand. So. I mean, it, it's great that, that you guys were able to help get a team there. Yeah, and sounds like an interesting experience all around. Now, what do you mean by, like, uh, you don't, um, it's a, like the prep isn't so targeted. So you mean you're talking about opening positions, but not necessarily, like, uh, structures, but not lines, or or talking about the player tendencies, or are we already revealing too much? I don't think we're revealing too much so like a lot of the players that we're going up against they don't have a huge amount of games in the database so targeted preparation has not been uh, super easy to kind of get on the board so like when there's the opportunity to 
prepare as deeply as we can and we've done that but a lot of the time we're just kind of looking at like how they play you know is this someone who doesn't like sharp positions this is someone who doesn't like end games like how did they lose the previous games was it from a blunder or were they just they played a good game and they, they were just unfortunate to come up against someone who was just far stronger than them and I think so far we've kind of judged it uh, pretty well I think uh, Lula's past last two games in particular because she, she did have a rough start um, we played a 15-50 rated player who was a little bit higher than Lula and Lula had the black pieces so we decided that like she was someone that we could target even with black and if we create some imbalances and create a little bit of a mess then there's it's worth taking the risk because we felt she would make mistakes and that's how it paid off and she ended up winning the game and then in the pre the last game before the rest day uh she played someone a little bit lower rate but she was super solid uh and looking at her games uh, we decided that she was just not someone that should take big risks against because she would likely win and the game just was very solid it was an exchange french and uh, she just pretty much played for a draw so we we got a draw in that one and then today's game we'll, we'll see what happens but i'm pretty optimistic about the next one okay and are you heading over there to coach uh yeah say our goodbye momentarily yeah i'm gonna head up there in about an hour and uh we'll get started on today's games but yeah we're, i'm reasonably optimistic about today's match we'll see we'll see how it goes but yeah this should be i'm hoping this will be a good day Okay, excellent. Well, so many results to track. Um, and yeah, we, we appreciate your, your touching on so many subjects. I mean, obviously, Judah asking you for a selfie, that, that's a tough highlight to top. But, but I have to ask, Aji, before we let you go, are there any other like standout stories that, that the Perpetual Chess listeners should know here at slightly past the midway point? Um, I, haven't, I haven't talked to Magnus yet. I briefly said hi to him at the Bermuda party, but he was really being swarmed by people, so I didn't want to bother him too much. Yeah, that must be nuts. Yeah, yeah, it was it was weird. Um, I said hi to Anish, and uh, I mean, for me, mostly it's been not so much highlights. It's just been day after day after day. I've got to meet people that I've kind of known online for a long time or kind of worked with. Uh, and then I've actually got to meet them in person. That's been pretty cool. So guys like Bada Jabava or Erwin Lamy or Pepe Cuenca and all these different people that I've interacted with online, like all, every day it's someone new and everyone's kind of yeah. coming back the back to the Chessable booth to say hi. I saw Eugene Torrey as well at the Chessable booth. Legend. Which I thought nice. was like super cool. <laughs> like, yeah, I, he's someone I've wanted to interview forever, but he's one of these, like the older guys are often offline, so they're a little harder to track down. Yeah, yeah. I think he's the captain of the, the Philippine team this year. Um, but yeah, like you just turn around in the like the big expo center and there's you can definitely see at least one grandmaster and then sometimes you can see like an absolute legend of the game like him. So yeah, that was pretty cool as well. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for the perspective. Yeah, it makes me want to be there all the more, but um but much appreciated, Michael slash Mr. Dodgy. Um, I don't have to tell listeners to to follow follow you on Twitter <laughs> and check out the Chicken Chess Club. Any other uh, and of course, someday we're hoping for the Mister Dodgy Invitational Number Three. But any other uh, closing notes listeners should be aware of? Yeah, check out the Chicken Chess Club podcast. That's we're going to record a new episode tonight. Where Peter Heine Nielsen's made it to Chennai, um, so we're gonna we're gonna get another episode in. I think everyone's had they're going to have a lot to talk about because they've Jan and Laurent have been here for a week now and I think they've enjoyed themselves so it should be hopefully the next one will be a good one yeah I, I reckon it will be I better get this out before because I know <laughs> I know I'd be listening to that first um, alright so we'll let you go on that note Michael thank you very much and uh, yeah just uh, take a lot of notes because uh, next time we chat I want to hear about the second half of this tournament Okay. Um, but thanks again. Awesome. Okay, thank you very much okay. for having me, Ben. Bye. Thanks to everyone who helps make Perpetual Chess possible. 
big shout out to my producer, Matthew Passy. I'd also like to thank the Blue Wire Podcast Network, with whom we are proud to be affiliated. Be sure to follow us on social media, Beneficial1 on Twitter, at Perpetual Chess on Instagram, and or you can join the Perpetual Chess Facebook group. You can email me, ben at perpetualchesspod.com. And of course, last but not least, I'd like to give major thanks to the Perpetual Chess Patreon and PayPal supporters. Those who choose to join that community based on their level of support can do things like submit questions for guests of the show, have access to live Zoom Q&A lectures with grandmasters who often have appeared on the show going over chess games, answering questions, stuff like that. And you can even get access to ad-free Perpetual Chess if that's your preference. So, But most of all, thanks to everyone for listening and we will catch you all on the next episode. Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.